The message tonight is a bit unusual. And when I was asking the Father, why is this message on your heart tonight? He reminded me of how much he loves to bring heaven to earth. And that when he created Adam and Eve, he could have spoken from heaven and they could have appeared. But he wanted to get his feet in the earth and he wanted to touch the dirt and he wanted to be in the earth. And he wanted to stay in the garden and, and he just loves being on the earth. And he just loves it when he can bring heaven to earth. He loved it when he came down and he could visit with Abraham and he could visit with Moses and he just loves bringing heaven to earth. And so tonight we're going to talk about one special little table. It's found in the tabernacle. So let me remind you, 1 Corinthians 3.16, we are the temple of God, right? But if you look in the New Testament, it really does not explain to you what that means. It says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't tell you what's a temple and, and what is in it because you don't know if you just read the New Testament. You're left guessing. But the writers of the New Testament assumed that you knew the Old Testament, which to them was the only written word. They assumed you knew it backwards and forwards and that you had heard it taught all your life and you knew the fatness of the Old Testament and the beauty of God and the power of God and the tenderness of the Father. They assumed you knew And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, in most versions, it says, I glory or I celebrate my weakness because then Christ's power is great in me. And some of you know, this is one of my favorite verses, but in the Greek, the fatness of the verse is in the very moment that I say I am weak, I don't want to do that on my own. I can't do it on my own. In the very moment I say that, the Father rises from his throne, runs to me, and tabernacles his glory on me. And the term was for this entire tabernacle, that the fullness of everything in that tabernacle then comes down on me. I know some of you like to take notes, so I'm going to tell you a lot of scriptures so you have them, and then I'm just going to tell you about them for the sake of time, okay? 1 Corinthians 3.16 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Exodus chapters 24 through 31 and 35 through 40. 
So Exodus chapters 24 through 31, chapters 35 through 40, Leviticus chapter 24, Hebrews chapters 8, 9, and 10, Isaiah 52, 11. So if you want to go back and go, where did Susan get this? It was from there. All right. Listen for a moment to the beauty of the word. The Israelites had just come out of bondage. They didn't have an identity. Their faith was baby, baby faith, if they had any at all. Only a handful. They went from faith to doubt and up and down, and they had a lot of weakness. Just like us. And so the Father brings them to Mount Sinai. And he says, I'm going to appear to them. And in Exodus 24, we're told that God tells Moses, come up to the mount. And then for six days, God says nothing. Moses says nothing. Six days. Moses just soaks in the reality and the presence of the Father. Six days. Nothing but the Father's purity. And on the seventh day, the Father speaks to him. And he begins to describe the tabernacle. And in Exodus 25, 9, he says, Exactly, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, you shall make it. Exactly, exactly. And Hebrews 8, 5 says that God showed Moses the heavenly tabernacle and said, I wanted a copy of this in the earth. The Father's heart is bigger than anything we can imagine. You're made in his image. So we get a little smidgen of it. But when the Father wants to release things that are deep, that are deep calling to deep, he bypasses our mind. Something we can think, we can figure out. That's obvious. And he gives us pictures, and he gives us symbols, and images, and prophetic images, or parables. But he gives us something whose meaning has no end. Because he has no end. And then he waits. Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, if you'll seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And so then... The strange thing about this tabernacle is it's never explained in Scripture. 
little hints here and there. This means this. This means that. This is what you do at this part of the tabernacle. This is what you do at this point. But the vast revelation of it is left for you to pursue in his presence. For him to have an intimate conversation with you. Last month, we talked about the Ark of the Covenant. And for most of us, it was amazing what he taught us. Tonight, we're looking at one small table. It's called the Table of Showbread. When he was telling Moses about the tabernacle, he didn't go in order like we Westerners would do. We Westerners would say, you come in, there's the brazen altar where the lamb and the other animals are slaughtered. There's the laver where we wash our hands. Then we go to the holy place. There's the show bread. There's the menorah light. There's the altar of incense. And if you go beyond that next curtain, there's the Ark of the Covenant. Westerners teach it, da-doom, da-doom, da-doom. And that's okay. It's not the way the Father taught it. Because the Father is a God of order when it comes to nature. He's a God of relationship when it comes to us. And you can't order a relationship step by step. So with the Ark of the Covenant, Last month, he spoke into you who you really are and the weight of your identity that is hidden in that Ark of the Covenant. And then the next thing he told Moses, he says, I want a table. Make it out of acacia wood, just a little wooden table. Cover it in gold. And crown it around the edges. Now, just so you can get a visual of it, in our measurements, this table was 24 inches high. It was only 36 inches long and only 18 inches wide. It's a baby table. You know, it's a baby table. And the crown was only about three inches high that went all the way around it. And on the table were 12 loaves of bread. On top of the bread were the cups of frankincense, the incense. And in the middle of the table was the pitcher and the cups for the wine. Now, this is your time with the Holy Spirit and with the Father. I'll share some thoughts about the table. But these are not the only revelations about this table. They're endless. So now, as I share... You listen in your spirit and see what he shares with you. The bread. 
This is the way the bread was made in Solomon's temple. This was not what the bread looked like in the tabernacle. The truth is the recipe for the bread in the tabernacle was given to only one family and that family was given the prophetic understanding that the temple would be destroyed someday so they never shared it with anyone else because they did not want the recipe to fall into the hands of pagans because this bread was holy to the Father. The Father himself gave them the recipe. One loaf of bread used our equivalent of six pounds of flour. Six pounds of flour for one loaf. One loaf weighed approximately 11 pounds. Heavy bread. Heavy bread. But it didn't look like that. These were the molds for the bread. They had the secret recipe for the bread. They would go outside the temple. And if you can imagine how big one piece of dough with six pounds of flour is, they're standing out there in front of the whole community kneading it. Can you imagine kneading? Can you imagine the biceps, the forearms those priests had? I mean, seriously, you guys have made bread once in a while, right? Kneading 12 loaves with six pounds each. They would beat it and beat it out in front of the group. And everyone watched. And then they would take it into the secret place. And quickly before the bread could rise, they used one of these molds. The Talmud and the sages say that the loaf of bread was described differently by everyone. That some rabbi said it, it looked like an open hand, like God had his hand open to us. Some said it looked like an open womb, just ready to be filled. One old sage said that the, the bread looked like a flying ship, that it looked like a boat with a hull, and the four corners were ready to take off, and... You see, there was no right or wrong answer. Go to the next one, Yvonne. They would stack the loaves. This, as I said, was the way it was done in Solomon's temple. In the tabernacle, they had to make special racks because with the breads in those shapes, you could not stack them. And so you have this bread. But if you look at the Old Testament, the Father is constantly saying... Will you burn the incense? I love the smell. I love the aroma. And so they put frankincense on top of each loaf 
and they put wine in the pitcher and in the cup. They would put the fresh bread out on Shabbat on a Friday evening. The bread remained hot and fresh for seven days. And the next Shabbat, when they went to replace the bread, it was still hot and fresh like it had just come out of the oven. See, some of you are already putting analogies and pictures together in your head. This bread was only for the priest, only for those who had given themselves wholly to the Father. It was not for all the people out in the camp who had been grumbling and murmuring. This bread was reserved for those who have dedicated their whole heart to him. This was the Father's table. So what do you think the table means? What is in your heart? We know in the Ark of the Covenant, there was the word, there was the rod for authority, there was the jar of manna that Jesus talks about in John 6 when he said, like the manna came down from heaven, that's me, I'm the bread of life, I'm the manna. But if you look with the Father's eyes, what do you see? Some people say that the showbread, is our English term, means the bread of the presence. The actual root in Hebrew is the bread of his face. So I invite you to a bit of a journey. If this is the bread of his face, that's what the Father called it, then whose face does it represent? Because you see, the flour had to be fine. So they had to beat and beat and beat the flour to get it fine. And then out in front of the whole crowd, they had to beat and beat and knead and knead and knead that flour, that dough, until it was moldable. And then they hung it on a form and baked it. It, it was the bread of his face. Isaiah 52, he's talking, and Isaiah's just moaning. You can hear his groaning as he's talking, and he said, oh, his face? Oh, my goodness, his face was so marred. He didn't even look human anymore. I mean, they beat him. They plucked his beard. His face didn't even look human anymore. But, oh, the sweet aroma of the Christ.
In other places in the tabernacle, we remember his face as gentle and lowly. In other places in the tabernacle, we remember his face. It reminds us of Christ as the healing Christ. But at the table of showbread, it is the heavy weight of his face. And what a face looks like when you will give all for love. In my prayer time this week, I, I was undone. Every time, every time, I'm just being transparent, I was undone every time. It, the Holy Spirit would say, ask for the heavy nutrition from this face. <laughs> the nutrition. The nutrition from the face of Christ. The nutrition from the face of the suffering Christ who took everything without saying anything just to love us, heal us of our loneliness, our sins, our sorrows, our sicknesses, the heavy nutrition, the life-giving bread that's in this face. So I think the Father is simply saying, have you seen the face of my son? Have you stopped and considered the face of my son? And when you're suffering and struggling and lonely or going through things or you have sickness or whatever, have you considered the face of my son? He is your partner on this journey. Have you considered the face of my son? And the bread is open. And in Isaiah 53, when it's talking about he's, woo he's wounded, he's bruised, the Hebrew is he pulls those things off of us, puts it on himself, and carries it away. And so this heavy weight of his face, this bread, is like an open hand going, I have suffered spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, physically. I have been beaten for you. Drink, eat, come, eat of the heavy nutrition of my face. Put your sorrows inside this loaf of bread. Let me be a sandwich for you. Fill me up with your sorrows, your hurts, your wounds. Fill it up. Pretty please fill it up. I've got more than enough room to hold whatever is in your heart. I can hold this for you. Have you considered the nutrition of my face? Come. Put your sorrows, your hurts, for you, for loved ones. See this massive 11-pound loaf of bread that is like an open hand. Can you imagine how much you could put in there? And it still wouldn't be full. 
pour everything from before you were in your mother's womb to this night in there. Because he's saying, have you, have you seen my face? Please? Please give it to me. Pretty please. I will take this. And you, my priest. Oh, <laughs> here. Take this fresh loaf of bread and go find some honey and butter and delight yourself. I got the heavy part of it. Here, you take the hot bread. Put a little honey on it. And I'm sure some of you have already picked up on the fact there were 12. Jews will say it's for the 12 tribes of Israel. True. But if you read Isaiah, and you know 12 is the number for government, you know in those 12 loaves, the government is upon his shoulders. And it's not just the government for nations, it's the government for your life. It's the government for your family. It's government for him. And just so you know, the sound on that cell phone was bells, right? So just because everything fits the message, who remembers where the bells are? Exactly. The bells are on the hem of the high priest, Jesus Christ. The bells are on the hem of the high priest garment when he goes in to the Ark of the Covenant and intercedes for his people. That was not a mistake. That was sweet wink from Jesus. I'm, I'm in here. I'm interceding for you guys. Did you hear the bells? They're ringing. Come on, come on. There is so much more we could say about this table of showbread. It's endless. It's absolutely endless. But the invitation is this. Have you eaten here? Have you had the heavy nutrition from the face have you ever stopped to think what his face looked like because when the father thought about his face he thought about the beating of the flower and the kneading, and the forming it, and hanging the dough on those forms as surely as he was hung upon the cross. But the Father knew the face was like an open place where he would say, here, they, they beat my face, they shamed me. Their legalism beat the daylights out of me here. 
you ever been legalistic? Had somebody be legalistic with you? Put it in my face. Put it in. Put it in. Fill up. Fill up. Fill up the bread of my face. And I will take that bread away. And I will bring you fresh bread of life. Does it make sense, guys? Have you seen this face? Have you seen the open face that's before you? Fill it up. And let him take it. And let him give you a fresh bread of life. Let's pray for a moment. Father, it's so big in my heart, I feel like I just couldn't get it out tonight. So I'm trusting that you, by your Holy Spirit, somehow moved them. Because this moves you, Father. And you have this table of showbread with the original bread before you in the throne room, Scripture says. And you look at that bread all the time. And it reminds you of the price that your son paid. And you're just waiting for us to fill up the bread. You go, yes, take it. And you're just waiting for us to let it go so that you can give us a fresh bread of life. So tonight, Lord, we come. We come for the heavy nutrition that is in the face of the crucified one. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with every brother and sister in this room. And I just encourage you, tell him what you want to put in that bread right now. Fill up that bread. And so, Father, I agree. If there's anyone who wants to put that family history of legalism, wounds from the church, wounds from authority figures in that bread. I sever the cords and say, it's gone and it's in the bread. And if there's anyone who says, no, Susan, I didn't have legalism, but I got some insecurity and I'm lonely and I don't know why. I just, I put it in the bread with them. We put our hands on that loneliness and we pull it out of their heart and we just put it in your bread. Father, we put it in the face of your son. And all those hopes deferred and all that doubt of like, I don't even know where I'm going in the future. Everything that is contrary to life and joy. We just... 
put our hands together and we say, Father, we put it in your son's face. We put it in the bread, Father. And any sickness, you're just not supposed to be in our bodies. You're a trespasser. I don't care where you come from. You're wrong. You don't have a right in the body of my brothers and sisters. So we take you at the core, sever all demonic empowerment, and we just put you in his face for him to carry away. We fill up the bread of your face, Jesus. We fill up the bread of your face so you can take away from us everything that you did not purchase for us. And Father, we we stand with hearts wide open and mouths wide open to ask that now you would give us the fresh bread of life. Feed us life. Feed us health. Feed us truth. Feed us forgiveness. Release. Feed us whatever would thrill your heart, Father. Feed us. And Father, may all your heart's desires, may everything that Jesus is praying, everything the Holy Spirit is groaning about in us, may it be received and released and received and released for your glory.